Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Hello, it's you, me, and the guys. And we are your weekly team to talk about paralyzed dreams. Oh, Thank you. I've not done that one. I know, right? Uh, we have panty boys, a couple of panty boys and a sleepy girl. Yes. Down under us. So sorry if you do hear animal noises, but um, I I want to keep a close eye on Mouse because he's been sick the last two days. He's been doing runny poos. And he's only just started like panting like he normally does. And of course, it's right when we're doing a podcast. But I did give him some pain relief medicine like not too long ago, so it's probably kicked in. Yeah, he hasn't been panting at all. Yeah, he's just been sitting days. like... Uh, sad boy, which is sad. It's really sad because he's not a sad boy. Hopefully he gets a nice sleep tonight. I hope we get a nice sleep Oh, tonight. my God. He's been waking us up every hour on the hour. It's like having a newborn baby. And he bangs on the door, he runs outside, and all he is... He's been doing running poos. <laughs> that was probably too vivid for many of our listeners. Uh, <laughs> yeah, new episode in our new studio, you could say, aka new room. It's our bedroom slash studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had Before. to move home with the rents, my rents. Yep. Um, For now. Only for now. I finally got a new job. I'll be working at Coles. Nice, nice. Helping Congrats. y'all Good with job. the pandemic. Very good, Get yes. Get your loo rolls. Hope everyone's safe. Yeah, wash your fucking hands. How You're hard nasty. is that? <laughs> You're nasty. Hey. And when you go to the petrol station, grab a paper towel and hold that nozzle with the paper towel because that's going to spread just as much germs yeah and um also if you're in isolation currently keep in isolation and just listen to all our podcasts that's the number one remedy it's the unofficial remedy for corona virus exactly because we're going to get you hot and bothered. Yeah, sexual podcast. Hell yeah. Spectrophilia. Spectrophilia. Anyways, what else is new? I said my new news already. I've, I've, I've got a new job. I'm really happy. Thanks to your brother. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Luke. Um, what's new with me, you ask? Yeah, babe. What's new with you? Nothing. Yeah, I was gonna say, is there something new with you? Because uh, no, we live even closer together than we did before. I know. 
That sounded horrible. I didn't mean it to sound so bad. Okay. But okay. (laughs) (laughs) Starting fights mid podcast or early podcast. I mean, this is is the this is the first time I have not had a TV in my room. Yep. Since being a human. Okay. (laughs) You had one back in 1997. I was baby. Yeah, yeah like, you don't remember. I, I didn't. I don't think I had a TV in my room until we moved to Chimboomba mm. when I was like seven. And I that's good. I've always either had like a stereo playing music or a TV. When I was seven in my room, all I had was one of those like hoops and then the stick that you like clatter it down the street with. <laughs> the old hoop stick. <laughs> I'm joking. I think that's like nineteen twenties. <laughs> yeah, you're old enough. <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> but I'm adjusting to trying to sleep without anything, so I've been playing The Simpsons on my phone. Yeah. It's a it's like the step down. It's like going from doing meth to doing cocaine. Cocaine, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good reference, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so it's been it's been a struggle. So don't yeah. you dare be all like, yeah. Like, we've been living closer. I've been sacrificing not having a telly in my room. So much sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, but we have, like, all the animals in literally uh, yeah. our area. Yeah. I mean, Betty and Poppy, the guinea pigs, they're just outside our bedroom. I think my viewpoint of this is marred right now by the fact that I haven't slept very well at all in the last two nights. So I'm not currently in a very good mood. I wouldn't say I'm in a terrible mood, but I'm just very tired. We all are. Yeah. Ah, and then the bloody food deliveries at midnight and the freaking guy coming to clean the roof at 7am. Is there ever a chance to sleep in this house? (laughs) No, because even when there isn't food deliveries or someone fixing the roof... There's a fucking border collie next to Oh, my God. Barking all day, trying to jump over the fence because it's fucking bored and its owners are never fucking home. Mm. And, like, I, I get so frustrated, but then I feel so bad for the dog as well. All he wants to do is play. He just wants to play. He's got a lot of energy. Because he's a fucking border collie. He's the a sheep dog. Probably don't take it ever on walks. Get him a sheep. Get him a sheep, which I thought there was a sheep out there. <laughs> but that's just the other dog. Yeah, there's a white dog out there, and I would swear to God, my <laughs> eyes aren't that bad. But I looked at it, and I was like, holy shit, there's a sheep over there. <laughs> Babe, look, look through the tree there. It's a sheep. And I'm like, where? There's another dog. And you're like, nah, 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 there's a sheep. And I was like, no, that's I was very dog. convinced. It was almost as bad as my uh, shell in the garden, <laughs> thinking <laughs> I saw a puffer puff fish. fish. Holy shit, it's a puffer fish. No, that's Quick a shell. Molly, don't poop near the shell. It's a puffer yeah. fish. <laughs> yeah. Hey, at least I'm always vigilant looking for these different kinds of threats. That's right. You're always looking out for your family, babe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, oh shit, there's a sheep. Oh shit, there's a other thing. There's a puffer fish. Yeah, on whatever. Dry land, <laughs> kilometers away from the beach. Ah, <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? Oh, uh, talking about haunting stuff. <laughs> Hauntings and stuff. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Haunting things. I'm going to be talking about a couple that is kind of like Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh. Well, they're like the new Ed and Lorraine Warren, you could say. Oh. Sort Can of. Can we ever replace them, though? I don't know. But these, these 
this couple's pretty damn awesome. Pretty damn and awesome. And I'm going to talk about one of the items in their collection. <gasps> yeah. I almost did a haunted object. Oh, really? So close. What are we going to no do? cigar. <laughs> I don't cigar. know. I was going to just look up haunted objects because I haven't See what done happened. one for a while. Yeah. Um, But then I was like, eh. I actually kind of wanted to do an Australian haunting, but then, mm. um, fuck, we're boring. We just have haunted prisons. Yeah, we haven't been around that long. We don't have that rich culture. I don't know what um, that excuse accent me. was. We, there is a very rich culture behind Australia, going back to our indigenous oh, tribes. Oh, definitely. Oh, there's heaps of cool indigenous haunting stories and like yeah. cryptid creatures. Yeah. I Bunyips th- and other things. <laughs> Can Yowie. I think of Bunyips? Yowies. Yowies. Rainbow snakes. Yep. Okay. I just, like, I wanted to do like a haunted building or something and it was just like a lot of prisons and i'm like yeah mm. we can go and like two of the prisons when our borders reopen to <laughs> yeah. go to other states yeah. um but instead I've, I've gone to the good old us of a and um i've done a hotel that is the inspiration for the shining oh tell us about it Ooh, well 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 let this is the stanley hotel Ooh, i had to put a little um a, a key legend thing here on how to say one of the um names because i kept pronouncing it wrong in my head stanley <laughs> Definitely, it was Stanley that I couldn't pronounce. <laughs> um, no, it's um, Estes. Estes. Yes. Nice. It's like the E, and the in the the second E is supposed to be pronounced like an I, not an E. And I kept saying Estes. Ah, but I'm wrong. Okay, cool. So let me just get into it. So the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, was built between 1907 and 1909 by Stanley Steamer founder Freeland Oscar Stanley. So many Stanleys in yeah, this. Get Stanleys. used to it. Get ready for the stands. So it is a 142-room colonial revival hotel. The hotel um, and its surrounding structures are listed on the National Register of Ho 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 it's been like a week and a half since I've recorded a podcast and I thought, get out of speak. I'm not aware of the registry of ha ha <laughs> <laughs> The National Register of Historic Places. Okay. Um, and it's located approximately five miles from the entrance to the Rocky Mountain National Park. It opened on July 4th, 1909 as a resort for upper class Easterners and a health retreat for sufferers of Preliminary tuberculosis. Uh-oh. Why tuberculosis, you ask? Well, in 1903, Freeland was stricken with a life-threatening resurgence of tuberculosis. The most highly recommended treatment um, of the time was fresh, dry air with lots of sunlight and a hearty diet. Ooh. So, like many others, Stanley took to the medicinal air of the Rocky Mountains with his wife, Uh, Sorry, with his wife, they arrived in Denver, Colorado in March and in June on the recommendation of Dr. Sherman Grant Bonnie. Bonnie, I don't know. Um, I want to say Boney, but it has two ends. Go with Boney. Boney. Relocated to Estes Park, Colorado for the rest of the summer. 
So over the course of the season, Stanley's health improved dramatically. Oh, good. So good. Like, he didn't die of that. You only need that old H H O. Only need that old O two. <laughs> the O two, just that. Yeah. Um, O two, some vitamin D. <laughs> Impressed by the beauty of the valley and grateful for his recovery, he decided to return every year. And mm. by 1907, Stanley had um, recovered completely. However, not content with the accommodations, lazy pastimes, and relaxed social scene of their new summer home. He set out to turn Estes Park into a resort town. Oh, cool. So there is much more about the development and the hotel, but it's like super, super boring and there's like nothing fun about it. (laughs) Okay. Um, Stanley lived to the ripe old age of 91 and he died of a heart attack in Newton, Massachusetts uh, one year after his wife died in 1940. Probably heartbreak. Probably, babe. You can die from broken heart. You can. I don't really hope that's how you die when I die. I've got that on the cards, yep. Right. You're not even on. That's it. I'm not. Even... I'm your last. <laughs> or your family listening well, to when this. I'm 91, like... When I'm 91 and I die of a broken heart, or when you die and I'm 91 at that point, I'm not allowed to move on. Like, I'm going to be able to find another 91-year-old and be like, hey, uh, You don't have hey, to find hey. a 91-year-old. There are plenty of 20-somethings that want to get on that so oh, that they can get yeah. your money. And I'm telling you now, no. We don't need our money where we go. No. Our great-great-grandchildren need their inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's still alive by then. So, here is something interesting. The Shining, as I said before... Um, was inspired by the hotel when Stephen King and his wife Tabitha stayed there in 1974. Aww. At that time, Mr. King was struggling with Dark Shine um, as the working title of his latest project. He'd set the events of the book in an amusement park, but he felt a more isolated setting was necessary. A quote from his companion George Bean says, on the advisement of locals who suggested a resort hotel located in Estes Park, an hour's drive away to the north, Stephen and Tabitha King found themselves checking into, uh, sorry, checking in at the Stanley Hotel just as its other guests were checking out because the hotel was shutting down for the winter season. Oh, cool. After checking I'm in. i to see this. Yeah. After checking in and, sorry, babe, I just totally cut you off. No, it's okay. Um, after checking in enough, Tabitha went to bed. King roamed the halls and went down to the hotel bar, where drinks were served by a bartender named Grady. As he returned to his room, numbered 217, his, imagine- his imagination was fired up by the hotel's remote location, its grand size, and its eerie desolation. And when King went into the bathroom and pulled back the pink curtain of the tub with the claw feet, he thought, what if some- somebody died here? And at that moment, I knew I had a book. Oh, cool. In a 1977 interview by the Literary Guild, King recounts, while we were living in Boulder, we heard about this terrific old mountain resort hotel and decided to give it a try. But when we arrived, they were just getting ready to close for the season. And we found ourselves the only guests in the place. While all those long... Oh, sorry, with all those long, empty corridors. King and his wife were served dinner in an empty dining room accompanied by canned mm-hmm. orchestral music. Yeah. Except for our table, all the chairs were up on the were up on the other tables. So the music is echoing down the hall. And I mean, 
it was like God had put me here, put me there to hear that, to hear that and see those things. And by that, sorry, fuck me. I'm going to start that sentence again. Except for our table, all the chairs were up on the tables. So the music is echoing down the hall. And I mean, it was like God had put me there to hear that and see those things. And by the time I went to bed that night, I had the whole book, The Shining, in my head. In another retelling, King says, I dreamt of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. I woke up with a tremendous jerk, sweating, sweating all over within an inch of falling out of bed. I got up, lit a cigarette, sat in a chair, looking out the window at the Rockies, and by the time the cigarette was done, I had the bones of The Shining firmly set in my mind. Cool. How cool. Nothing like running from a fire hose to get you in the fucking <laughs> well, his mood son, for horror writing. his son was running from it. Ah! <laughs> this hose is <was> like... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, um, the primary setting is an isolated Colorado resort called the Overlook Hotel, which clo- which closes for the winter. By the way, if you haven't seen The Shining or read the book, it came out in the fucking 70s. Like, get over it mm. for spoilers. Just saying. Yep. In the front matter of the book, King tactfully states some of the most beautiful resorts in the world are located in Colorado, but the hotel in these pages is based on... Of, based on none of them. The overlook and the people associated with it exist wholly in the author's imagination. Yeah, right. Right? Stanley Hotel. Definitely. I mean, he stayed there. Said he got the inspiration there. I think it might be a little bit based off there or inspired yeah. by. You can say it's inspired by a certain hotel. Yeah. Right? I feel like that may help or hinder their company. Well... It did help them, obviously. Mm. Um, after like all of this with Stephen King, they became so, so popular. Oh, cool. So, so popular. King locates the Overlook Hotel near the fictional town of Sidewinder, which is supposed to be near Estes Park. The Stanley Hotel is never mentioned, notwithstanding King's efforts to explicitly differentiate the Overlook Hotel from the Stanley. It seems that King imagined the Stanley Hotel as a setting of The Shining. Room 217 of the Overlook features prominently in the novel, having been the room where King spent the night at the Stanley. This is the room on the second floor in the center of the West Wing with a balcony overlooking the South Terrace. Room 217 remains the Stanley's most requested accommodation. Even today, the hotel runs the film version of The Shining on a continuous loop to guest televisions. (laughs) I mean, I'd be down for that. Just continuously watching The the Shining. It's like a Shining marathon, but there's only one movie and you watch it on repeat. I mean, you could watch the first version, then you could watch the remake version with uh, Ryan Reynolds in it. Wait, there's a remake with Ryan? Yeah. Was that with Jack Nicholson? Yeah, that was the first one. Was Ryan Reynolds the second one? Yeah. Maybe we should watch the second one. Yeah. What's that one coming out soon that is, like, the follow-up, the sequel to The Shining? There's a movie coming out that's yeah, a yeah, sequel yeah, to yeah. The Shining. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but oh, exciting stuff. Is it called The Room? No. 
the room? No. <laughs> Hi, Mark. No, I said no as soon as I said it. Don't, don't. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. It's like just like it's a one word title. Greg. That's it. That's the movie. The new Stephen King movie. Coming Greg. this summer to a cinema near you. Greg. <laughs> but guess what? Cinemas are closed. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, COVID nineteen. There will be no Greg. Um, I think that movie already came out. I bet it's good. Yeah. Okay, so staff and guests have reported sightings that have been investigated by a variety of paranormal investigators, including the teams from the shows Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. Two completely different shows. But both awesome. But both about ghosts. Staff have reported hearing the sounds of parties going on in the main ballroom. Ooh. When they investigate, the rooms are empty. A Patron- classic, uh, yeah, classic timeline oh. haunting where... A residual. Uh, a residual haunting, that's the one. Timeline haunting. That sounds pretty cool, though. I mean, it's, it means the same thing. It's yeah, one- I suppose so. Patrons claim to have seen the ghost of Freeland Stanley's wife, a piano player in life, performing on the piano in the lobby. Hmm. Um, Stanley has also been seen spotted in the, sorry, spotted in the billiards room or pool, pool room, or just hanging out by the bar because he's here for a good time. Wasn't here for a long time, but here for a good time. I mean, he was 92 years old when he died, so he was, he was, he was there for a long time. Uh, he could have been here longer. That tuberculosis didn't send him back. So uh, another ghost that's been seen, uh, said to show up, is a former housekeeper of the hotel, Elizabeth Wilson, or Mrs. Wilson. Staff say Wilson was lighting lanterns in room 217 when she was seriously injured in an explosion. She survived the blast but passed away years later. Now it seems Wilson is a regular in room 217. Guests report items being moved, luggage being packed up, and lights going off and on. It also seems Wilson is rather conservative. Guides say she's not a fan of unmarried couples. People ah. who aren't married have reported feeling a cold presence between them while in bed. She's probably, like, ready to get some people married. She's going to be the people, the person who ordains your wedding. Yeah, she's like, I'm a celebrant. I will, I will do this. Oh. Oh, you think you're going to be vlogging tonight? Yeah, hell no. <laughs> hell no. She's at the end of the bed just like, scowling. Bring dishonor on your family. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why she would be saying that. <laughs> Staff say the ghost of a child with autism also roams the grounds and is known to play with the hair of guests. Staff say the boy named Billy is drawn to people who work with people with autism or are familiar with the developmental disorder oh so like he finds them safe that's nice that's cool um and on the fourth floor guests have also reported hearing children running around laughing and playing guides say that's where nannies and the kids they watched would spend much of their time back in the day Mm -hmm. but guess what not all of the ghosts are of human oh ghost dogs Exactly. There's oh, a pet that's... cemetery on the grounds. Oh, is this where he got fucking pet cemetery from as well? No, I think was pet cemetery before The Shining. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, but it's very coincidental that there's a pet very, cemetery. Very, very coincidental, right? Maybe I don't know. We should look that up. I didn't even. I didn't. I didn't bother to look that up. 
to be honest. I just didn't bother. Anyway, um, so it's the final resting place of some of the owner's like animals, like Stanley's animals. And staff say they see um, a ghost cat and a dog roaming around. Hmm. Are they friends or are they... I think just seen, like, around. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily hanging together like Lady in the Tramp. Yeah, yeah. Nope, that's not right. Because they were both <laughs> Lady dogs. In the tramp. <laughs> they were both dogs. <laughs> yeah. Not hanging Kitty. around like cat dog. Kitty cat dog. <laughs> cat dog. <laughs> little cat dog. Your room's fucking haunted by little cat dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I think this is pretty cool. This is directly from the website. Of the hotel. Um, like any hotel, they let you know what kind of rooms they have, yeah? Yeah, of course. Cool. Stanley Hotel offers four hotel types. Accommodations include the Stanley Original Historic Hotel Rooms, the Lodge Updated Historic Rooms, Boutique Feel, Aspire Modern Apartment Style Rooms Featuring Kitchenettes. Ooh. Residences, fully equipped one to three bedroom condominium residence. Hmm. Sounds pretty chill. Sounds right? chill, yeah. Pretty I chill. like it. Awesome. But then you scroll down the page. Spirited rooms. Ah. Stanley Hotel features a variety of rooms with high paranormal activity, including the famous Stephen King Suite 217, the Ghost Hunter's favorite room 401, as well as 407 and 428. These are among our most requested rooms. Availability is limited. Ooh. So, I mean... They're really pushing into this our hotel is haunted thing. They really are. But wait. There's more. <laughs> but like anywhere that's more. haunted, they do spirited history day and night tours. Ah, who the hell's How going cool. on a ghost tour at day? Right? You'd want to go at night. you got to be a real pussy to go on a ghost <laughs> tour at day. <laughs> and um, guests and visitors have um, said that they've experienced paranormal things on those tours. Oh, but I could not find any accounts. Right. There's no one who posted a review saying, oh, my God, my friend had her hair pulled. By this hamster ghost. Hamster ghost. Is that From what the, we've they devolved They walked into past now? the pet cemetery ah. and this hamster was like... Yeah. Oh, shit. I don't know if hamsters make noise. <laughs> but that's that's the Stanley Hotel, the um, inspiration for The Shining. And I thought cool. it was pretty, pretty sick. Very fun. Very fun indeed. I was either going to do that or the Fremantle prison over in WA, mm. and I was like, eh. Prison hauntings seem to be very similar in Australia, so we've come to decipher. Yeah, there's always a three-legged cat and some warden that got shot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This is the part of the episode where we go half-time and read some reviews. From you guys. Thank you so much. So, we don't have any new reviews, but we do have a review that somehow slipped past our senses, but we will remedy that by reading it to you right now. So, thank you to Bob. (laughs) Who would have guessed it? Uh, (laughs) It is a five-star review, and the title is easily the funniest horror podcast I've heard. 
and it reads, I'm a huge fan of the horror genre from books to shows and movies. This podcast's first episode has immediately grabbed my attention and hooked me. The humour is great and it feels like you're just sitting around a table chatting to both of them. This is a great addition to my subscription list and will be one of the first I recommend to horror fans. Keep up the great work, both of you. Thanks, Thanks, Bob. Bob. I don't know how we didn't even see that. I know. We've just discovered this website that compiles all of our reviews and all of our comments from all of the different podcast apps. So that's super handy, and we'll be able to keep up to date with all of that. Thanks. If you want your review read, you can leave us a five-star review on your pod chaser of choice, and we will read it out regardless of what it says. Even if it's negative, because I love roasting shit out of people too. Belinda will try and roast you. I will fuck you up. <laughs> Fucking go on, mate. I'll fuck you up. What I'll the fuck, fuck is up, up, Kyle? What the fuck is up, hater? What the fuck is up? Anyways. Somebody come get her. She's roasting everybody. <laughs> hey. Sorry. We are also brought to you today by our fantastic patrons over at slash humanipoltergeist. Thank you so much for supporting us. We love you. And in these hard times, it is greatly appreciated that oh, you yeah, assist absolutely. us at all. Thank you. Yeah. All right, on with the show. On with the show. What are you going to do, babe? That's a transition. Uh, well, thanks. As I said, I am going to be talking. About an object held by a couple that is almost like Ed and Lorraine Warren in their own right. So, obviously, it's pretty unfortunate that Ed and Lorraine are gone, but I mean, they were pretty old at the point where they passed away. Yeah, they lived full lives. Lived full good lives and loved each and other I mean, very much. I'm surprised they lived that long. All that stress. I know, of dealing with the paranormal and shit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so this this pair is not a, are not only paranormal investigators themselves, but haunted object collectors collectors that could potentially, I think, fill the shoes of the Warrens. Potentially, yeah. Well, so we'll this, see. We'll we'll judge them very hard. Let me tell you about it. When they get like a good couple hundred movies made, <laughs> then maybe. Well, they've been on TV a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. Do they have movies made? (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) So the pair I'm talking about is Dana and Greg Newkirk of Kentucky, who, much like the Warrens, have their own museum of the occult. They actually, yeah, their museum is actually a traveling museum. And they... Why are you shaking your head? No, don't bring that shit around <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> legit. What the fuck? The, the things could pick up more things. Yeah, it's legit called the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. And yeah, they travel across the US with their collection of hundreds of haunted artifacts and antiques. And they they can be found at sort of conventions around the country, such as Strange Escapes, Scarefest, and the Michigan Paranormal Convention. Okay, okay, okay. And I highly recommend you go and visit their website at paramuseum.com and show your support. They're awesome. And they have a really cool and interactive website. And they're very professionally presented. So on their site, one of the fantastic things you can do is look into some of the items within their haunted collection. And today I thought I'd give you a little rundown of one of their most famous items. It is rather odd, and it is called Billy, 
the idol of nightmares. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think Billy is like a nickname they've given to it, but ultimately it's just called the idol of nightmares. I feel like probably just don't give it a name at all. I feel like give it a cool name. Not Billy. Just, just give it the idol of nightmares. Fucking Billy. Yeah. Billy, Billy, Billy boy. So, the strange <laughs> idol is crafted from wood ivory and is, when in storage, covered in a snug burlap fitting. And when the item was found under its previous owner's homes in Ohio, it was wrapped in that bag for a good reason, because touching this thing is said to cause a whole myriad of horrible effects. I I thought you were about to say, like, tuberculosis. (laughs) Yeah, nothing quite that. Like, paranormal shit, not actual... Physical like disease. Not physical ailments. Called, I mean, called, shit, called, maybe it called, could happen. Yeah. yeah, the previous owners quickly contacted the Newkirks, who yeah. met them in a parking lot, and they exchanged for the idol. So one of the cool things about the Newkirks on their website, especially, is that they give their information out, like emails and things like that, so you can contact them if you have a case that they could come and help you with. Exactly like how Ed and Lorraine do it in the day. Yeah. And they'd also, they've also got like uh, you know, ways you can give them objects that may be cursing your life or something like that. And they've also got an emergency line if shit's getting serious and you need fucking help. Do you imagine? All I can think of is they've got, like, that red phone from, like, uh, the Powerpuff Girls. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the mayor's <laughs> just calling ring, them. Ring, ring, Yeah. Hello? Dana and Greg Newkirk. <laughs> oh, shit. Help us. The poltergeists are killing us. What was the devil's name? Maurice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, uh... I just want to watch Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Powerpuff Girls. The previous owners of the idol actually talked about experiencing horrendous nightmares, paranormal activity, and the sense of dread whenever they had the artifact uncovered after really? they'd brought it out from underneath their home. So, of course, Greg and Dana took a look at the idol and, and took it into their possession and obviously added it to their collection with which they take around the country. Nice. That's <laughs> cool. So, the carved wooden idol features an odd elongated head and appears to be sitting in a squat position while holding an object of some kind. It is painted black apart from its eyes and a couple of odd shapes like triangles and squares around its face, what which are painted white. Eyes. Yeah. Through the Newkirk's investigation, they uncovered that the idol is from central Congo and was made in the late 1700s to early 1800s. Is it like a voodoo item? Uh, maybe. But, yeah, it's got a bit of a weird history that I'll get into. Oh, weird history that Greg and Dana have uncovered. So why why exactly it was in Ohio to begin with and underneath the previous owner's home is a complete mystery. But one thing that has been sort of 100% confirmed by not only Newkirks, but many of the guests who have actually visited the Travelling Para Museum is that this thing is fucking crazy haunted. And it is one of the only items in their collection that they can bring in front of crowds of 200 people and still get the same paranormal activity every single time. Jesus. Yeah, it's just like doesn't give a fuck about crowds. It's not shy. <laughs> the the entity is not shy? Oh, hell no, it's not. So you can experience the usual poltergeist activity while 
having this thing in your possession. But the real fun begins when you touch the object with your bare skin. How about no? For up to <laughs> one week after touching the object, much like the name suggests, your sleep will be filled with ne- recurring nightmares. All of these nightmares will have you endangered in some circumstance, be it a plane crash or an earthquake, and most of these nightmares will also feature a squat-statured little man with jet black skin and piercing blue eyes, presumably the spirit within the idol of nightmares. How fucking creepy is that? So that's the spirit that's haunting it, basically. Yeah, and it comes into your dreams and shit. No, thank you. How fuck's that? Yeah, not only does Greg Newcote experience these nightmares after every time he handles the object during his demonstrations, but uh, people have a chance to handle the idol itself while they're uh, at the museum, and they can even get photos with it to say, hey, look, I'm I'm here with this crazy idol. This is very irresponsible of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Most of these people also get the nightmares. Um, yeah, one... One man in particular claims that the idol was responsible for a car accident that he had after he had touched it. Okay, but what was he doing in the car? Like, besides driving it, but I mean, like, are there any contributing factors? He's probably looking at his cool photo of him and the idol. (laughs) There we go, on your phone, contributing factor. (laughs) Yeah, you never know. Uh, one of the the dreams that Greg said he has recurringly will be him in a crowded place and he always feels really uncomfortable and he'll be looking around for, you know, how you get that sort of primordial sense that something's looking at you. Yeah. And he'll be looking around and he'll see like in the distance hiding behind like a couple of people like looking out from the side, this like squat little dark-skinned blue-eyed thing that's like gazing at him. Ew. And it's usually hooded in in a burlap robe of some kind. Creepy. No. Yeah. All the nope. I've got goosebumps. Not doing it. So another weird uh, phenomenon that happens with the idol is during EVP recordings that happen around it. And this is one of the things that they test during their traveling shows and whatnot. Um, I've listened to a few videos of, or watched a few videos where they'd EVP'd, done an EVP while talking and then played it back. And it just sounds essentially like this. And obviously that isn't going on when they're fucking talking because you can hear the talking in the background of the sentences they just said. But there'll just be this guttural screaming. Um, you have a discretion warning? Yeah. For that noise, listener discretion <laughs> warning for that noise. Did I scare you? That was ter- terrifying. I okay, can't even sorry. say the word. Sorry. Yeah, uh... They ended up working with the idol a fair amount, and the screams during their personal EVP sessions have slowly changed over time to form sentences and from sentences into full-blown discussions with this entity. It's learning. Yeah, yeah. The idol accurately recounting facts and pieces of information, calling investigators by their names, and even cracking jokes. Yeah. What a gun. So it's got a, got a bit of sense of humor. And something rather strange happened. Uh, people started bringing the idol offerings and presents. No, no, no. No, don't do that. No, 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 And no, experienced no. amazing luck after doing so. I, d- I don't know. There's going to be some type of, like, catch to that. Yeah, yeah. Juxtaposition here because one person even claimed that the idol saved him from a car accident after he had given it an uh, offering. Okay, so one has a car accident. The other one... 
got saved from one. <laughs> yeah. Were they both involved in the same? <laughs> they were both looking at the car <laughs> at their photos. <laughs> so, yeah, the idol began infiltrating Greg's dreams in weirder ways as well, easing back on the nightmares and giving Greg directions and plans for mysterious devices and rituals that he believes to have some relation to speaking with the dead. Oh, yeah. hell no, 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 yeah, yeah. no. So no, in their further no. research, this little bit was taken exactly from their website. Uh, further studies show the piece to be a powerful and ancient artifact from the central Congo region, a piece which was most likely, uh, had most likely belonged to a tribal healer. This holy man would communicate with the spirit of the attached entity through dreams, where the intelligence would teach him to heal the sick, punish criminals, and divine the future. The idol would often act as a bridge between the living and the dead, and offering would be given to the spirit in return for favors. So it's kind of like a bound spirit in this idol that they give to give offerings to, and then it's like, okay, I won't scream now. Yeah. I'll tell you some cool like, shit. Well, I mean, he gave me a chicken. Like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What kind of offerings do they give? Like, do the did you? Uh, I'm not too sure. It didn't say, but I assume it'd just be like I don't know, little trinkets and things Here's like a- that. Here's a shiny thing. You're a magpie, right? Here's, Here's five coin. bucks. Buy yourself someone nice. Here's a paperclip. Huh? It's, it's versatile. <laughs> yeah. And what do they do with the offerings? Do they just disappear? Or does Greg, yeah, what do Greg and Dana like take it away and be like, okay. So they probably get fucking bad luck after they take his offerings away. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that. Wherever he's kept, his offerings better be with him, eh? Oh, yeah, definitely. He's going to have, like, a treasure hoard by the end of all this life. It's like a dragon in a cave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the idol of treasure. Idol of nightmares. Reminds me of the Rick and Morty episode <laughs> yeah. with the dragon. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I got. That's, that's a fun little quick creepy. snippet. Yeah, yeah really creepy, that one. Really creepy. Uh, they've got some other really fucking scary-looking artifacts in their collection, and you can go and see some of their most... Uh, prestigious ones on their website if any, you go to Paranormal. Any Annabelle, Annabelle, Annabelle types? Um, there's a couple of other wood-carved dolls of sorts or mm. uh, idols. There's also this weird, uh, what's the stitching method where you just sort of like, oh, you're right, mouse. The stitching method where you just sort of like poke the thing through, I don't know. Cross, cross. Cross stitch. Cross stitch. There's mm-hmm. a cross-stitch clown painting that's supposedly nah, haunted. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, go and see that. It's fucked. <laughs> oh, can I look that up now? Yeah, I'll... it's called Smiley the Clown. Smiley the Clown. Oh, hell no. <laughs> no, no, no. Yep. So that's all sorts of fun. Anyway, go and check that out. And I think that's all we have time for today. That's, well, that's all I have. That's all is that I all have. you have? Well, I guess that's all we have time for. Mouse, is that all you have? How about, hey, should we ask anyone else? We'll go upstairs and ask your parents if that's all they have to. Hey, Mum, is that all you have? What about you at home listening? Is that all you have? <sighs> Deep questions asked by Belinda. Anyway, thank you for joining us. If you want to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube... Yes, YouTube. I will be putting up all of our previous episodes um, audio up there. It won't have any video because there's obviously no video for us. But soon, 
We will be uploading video recorded episodes of the podcast of our faces. Yes. So look forward to that. Uh, if you also, oh, that is at You Mean a Poltergeist on yeah. all of those platforms. You Mean a Poltergeist, all of them. And if you want to f- follow us and support us on Patreon, you can at You Mean a Poltergeist as well. Who would have thought? Yeah. And that will help us grow the podcast, sustain our running costs. Probably and pay for some vet bills by the looks of mouse. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. And also uh, get us new equipment and cool stuff like cameras and things so we can keep this show going. Yeah, we want to be able to get some equipment so we can go and um, do investigations. That'd be really cool. When all of this virus blows over in like six months, hopefully. Yeah. Our cheapest tier is a dollar and it goes up to $10. That's right. So anything you can afford. Whatever you can afford. We love you. We appreciate it. And um, I guess with all that being said, babe, make sure everyone exercises regularly. (laughs) Yeah. And social distancing. Yeah, social distancing. That's very important. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.